everybody. You are listening to Hotter Than Health, the podcast. This is a podcast focusing on fitness, nutrition, health, overall healthy lifestyles, and of course, your morning conference call. And if you don't know what that is, then I'm sure you will soon. My name is Eliza Gelman. I'm your host, creator of the Hotter Than Health podcast, a nutrition expert, fitness guru, and basically here to answer any questions you guys have about poop. So today we have an awesome episode. I'm so excited for this. We have an interview with Courtney Ostrowski. She is a human design coach expert. She is a yoga instructor. She is a health, fitness, lifestyle, everything, wellness Instagrammer. Um, Make sure that you go check her out on Instagram. I'm going to give you guys some of her plugs. I'll link a lot of her information here in the show notes. But if you guys don't already follow her and if you haven't seen my posts about her recently. Her name on Instagram is C-O-R-T-N-E-Y-108. Remember, C-O-R-T-N-E-Y-108. That is her name on Instagram. Make sure you go follow her. She has a ton of yoga. She has a bunch of wellness. It's a really beautiful aesthetic um, Instagram. She talks on her stories all the time about uh, what she's doing for wellness, especially during this quarantine. So it's a really great, super in-depth episode. This is a longer one. So this is a great time for you guys to take a walk, tune in. Highly, highly, highly recommend when we get to the part talking about human design, find out what hour and what time you were born so that you can get your human design. Um, You don't have to necessarily know your full chart. I don't know how to read them, but she's going to go into the different types and it it's really it's one of the more fascinating episodes if you're really doing a little bit more introspection. I think this is just perfectly timed. Um so y'all will love this episode. Before we get into it, wanted to say thank you again so much for all of the support that has gone into the podcast. I recently in the past two weeks set up what's called a Patreon account and I don't ever want to play ads on the podcast. I don't ever want to take up too much of your time by talking about different, you know, brands or products. Um, There are a few that I'll always mention like blender bombs and stuff like that. But other than that, I really just want to make sure that this is full content with well uh, health, wellness, nutrition, fitness, that type of stuff. Um, But if you guys do want to find a way to monetarily support the podcast, you can just go on to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com, and type in Hotter Than Health and you get different perks with different levels that you decide to subscribe to. So that could mean a couple different proper food combined recipes every single month. I'll be sending those out. It just depends on which um, tier you guys choose to be on and anything helps. Um, You can customize tiers however you want to do it, but truly that is a way to grow the podcast and in full uh, transparency. Yeah, I'm trying to monetize. This is another way to do it. So Anything y'all do, anything is appreciated. Um, You can cancel at any time, but it's really an amazing way to support the podcast. Um, Other ways you can support the podcast is to like, share, subscribe. Subscribing is huge. Just go on to wherever you're listening to the podcast. Hit subscribe. You could write a comment, post it on your Instagram, share, like, save, however you want to do it. It's so helpful. But anyways, also we're going to be talking, I think we talk a little bit about blender bombs in this episode, but last episode we did an interview with Helen Hall and Scott Maynard of Hush Up and Hustle and Blender Bombs. So if you guys haven't already checked that out, make sure you use my code at checkout at blenderbombs.com and you can use Eliza G15 for like 15% off. That's the one I use. Right now I'm doing a mint cacao and I'm just on that kick. And I told Helen, like I don't ever really make smoothies. I've made like two this month. Um, but I just, I have a blender bomb every day. I put them in the freezer. Sometimes I'll do a little nut butter. Sometimes I'll heat it up. I'll put it with a little bit of almond milk or macadamia nut milk. So great. And while we're on that topic, because this is all about what I've been eating lately, basically, um, macadamia nuts. And I know that they're like a little pricier than a normal nut, but they're super high in fat. They are so meaty and buttery and smooth. So that's the kind of nut milk that I've been using lately. The one that I'm using, I'm not even going to give the brand. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I want to make my own macadamia nut milk. All you have to do is blend it up with a little bit of water and then add maybe like a date or whatever you want, but it's really great for frothing. And especially if you are doing intermittent fasting, high fat content creamers like that is it's super great for sustaining a fast if you put it in your coffee. 
So macadamia nuts, that's a biggie. Love it so much. It's been amazing. Frothy, creamy, sweet, mm, yummy. So anyways, that's what I've been doing. The most important part of all that is the Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and just type in hotter than health, see what looks good to you, see what doesn't, and then we'll be good to go. So we're going to get into this podcast episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will stop ranting and get right into the wealth of knowledge that is Courtney Ostras. She is a yoga teacher, human design reader, a mindset coach, massage therapist, nutrition and fitness health guru. We're going to get into it today and talk a little bit about um, how to deal with this quarantine situation, how to keep the mindset of positivity and light and love and taking care of yourself, um, how to really focus on what priorities are coming towards you right now. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about human design like you have talked about, like we've talked about on other podcasts. So I'm going to let Courtney take the mic and we're going to get into it. We're via Skype right now. So um, if there's any lag in the sound or anything like that, I apologize. We're doing the best we can with what we're given. So Court, you take over. Tell us yeah. a little bit about yourself. Awesome. Thank you so much uh, for that introduction. You know, it's funny to hear all the things that I do, like massage and yoga and human design and nutrition and mindset, but it's really who I am. I'm so multi-passionate and I think all of the things that I practice and and um, offer are also intricately connected, you know, and I, I just love, love, love sharing all of this with the world. Human design has been a game changer for me. And I love how empowered people feel after understanding their design and how they feel like they have better tools to um, manifest what they want and to be um, more powerful in their career or in their relationships. So yeah, I'm really excited to geek out on all the things with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy you're here. Um, and this was a quick turnaround. I think I you emailed me back yesterday, and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah ten tomorrow morning. So I love it. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's one of the beautiful things about this quarantine specifically is that nobody's day to day is the exact same anymore. So we kind of have the freedom and luxury to create our own days. And mm-hmm. um, so I just appreciate you taking the time. But for those and we've talked on the hotter than health podcast a little about human design and I've tried to tap into it to the best of my abilities but if there's someone out there who doesn't know anything about human design what would you tell them elevator pitch so that people can kind of get the foundation of it yeah it's a great question I like to use the example of like everybody knows what you mean when you're like what's your sign you know like oh I'm a Gemini or whatever I really feel like we're moving into a new paradigm, you could say, where people are going to start asking, what's your design? Like, what's cool about human design is it definitely draws from astrology. It's rooted in astrology. But it's also, um, there's the Chinese I Ching. There's elements of the Kabbalah Tree of Life, um, the Hindu chakra system. So for you yogis out there, you know, there's elements of all of these ancient wisdom traditions all married together to create one system. And for me, it's really cool because I love astrology and I love the chakra system and that all makes sense to me, but to see how it can all come together and work together in a way that makes so much sense was just mind blowing. So in its, its truest essence, human design is understanding how you are wired energetically. So, you know, like you're wired energetically than like a friend of yours or a sibling or a parent, like we're all very, very unique and different and we engage with energy and with the world in different ways. So what human design does is it really breaks the different energy types into five, like five different energy types. 
And depending on what energy type you are, you're going to show up in different ways. You're going to radiate energy out in different ways. You're going to work with energy in different ways in your life, in your career, with your health. And so it's basically when you get your human design chart, for most of us, it looks like a foreign language. We have no idea what's going on. So it can be really helpful to reach out to someone that does read the charts. I've done three trainings now um, to help me better understand. And I still feel like I'm just like, it's just the tip of the iceberg. I have so much more to learn, but it's, you could really go down the rabbit hole with it. But um, to sum it up, it's just how you're energetically wired and how you were created to exchange and interact with the world around you energetically. Um, and in doing so, when you learn that, you are better suited to show up and be powerful and know how to work your energy in your career and in relationships. And like I said, for me, it was just a really big game changer because I realized I had so many energy leaks in my life and in my career because I was trying to do things like I saw everyone else doing the things and I was like, oh, it's freaking exhausting. So human design gave me a permission slip to to kind of take a step back and operate a little bit more differently and it's served me well in every way. Um, I feel that I have more energy to give by actually doing less and um, we're both projectors, which is cool. Um, so I can definitely kind of, uh, riff on that for a little bit if you want, but does that make sense to you? It is kind of a woo woo thing, but it's also, it can be really practical and really actionable in your everyday life. And we can talk more about that. Um, if you'd like, or maybe I can break down the different types. However you want to. Well, I think that getting back a lot of people, like you said it yourself, like it might sound woo woo. People are like, Oh, star signs, astrology, whatever it. It truly, and, like, I know Enneagrams, and I know Zodiacs, and all that good stuff, but I've never, ever connected with something as much as I've connected with human design, and I haven't even tapped, reached any, any depth to it, you know? I just kind of know I'm a projector, and that I, X, Y, and Z. So I think what you just said, by saying it gives you a permission slip, Um, a lot of people in life, once you find out your energy type... Um, I do believe that it, it it's really freeing, and I think that unless you understand how you personally work, it could almost look like an excuse. So when yeah. I tell when I tell people, hey, I work well by doing like a couple good things per day. Otherwise, I get exhausted. I half-ass things. Um, you know, if I'm told what to do a bunch, then I get exhausted. Or if I try and keep up with people, I get, you know resentful or bitter and I I can't do it and other people think that it's almost lazy but I'm like no I promise if I just niche down I'm good but if I try and be what other people expect or you know if I try and go along with the norm I think that's why I was so terrible at school but Mm -hmm. it it truly it, it does leak your energy and once you start to figure out your human design you figure out where you can close off those energy uh, I guess holes, you know, or yeah. tickets so that you're containing it within one area. So I'd love for you to touch on some of the different energy types mm-hmm. and, um, like how can people find out their human design? How can, once they do, what the heck do they do with it? Um, yeah. so if someone were to do it after they listen to this podcast and they find out they're like a manifesting generator or a projector, what are like one or two tips per, for each yeah, human design I love it. Energy. Well, first of all, for anyone listening that no, has no clue what we're talking about, you need your exact time of birth and the date and location. And that's basically, that's the, the part of human design that's related to astrology. So if you want to find out like your sun sign, your moon sign, all of that, you would look up your natal chart by using your exact time, date, and location of birth. And what that does is it just, it's like a snapshot of our solar system when you were born. And because the sun was here and the moon was there and Jupiter was here, like that, that gives you an energetic imprint. So it's like aspects of your personality or your energy are, are shifted according to the planets and the alignment and the energy and all of that. And so you would need that information. You would go to mybodygraph.com and you would just plug that in. Your chart would pop up. Again, it's probably going to look like what in the world is that? But you will see to the right of your chart, 
you will see your design type, you will see your strategy, and you will see your authority. And those are, are by far the three most important things that you're going to want to know about your design type. And, um, and all the other stuff is really, it doesn't even matter until you have a really good understanding of those three things. Don't like get overwhelmed. Like those are the most important. So I'll start with the design types. There are five different types. We have manifestors, generators, manifesting generators, projectors, and reflectors. And I like to explain all of the types and how they interact with one another by using the analogy of a movie set. So if you are on a movie set, the manifester would be like the producer. Manifestors are really good at initiating, at moving people to action, at getting the ball rolling. That is, that is what they're here to do. They're here to really, um, like, they're, they're good at, like, getting people excited and lit up. And, but they're not the best at actually executing the thing or pulling it to the finish line. So their, their gift is, like, moving people to action, getting the ball rolling, and then all the other types need to step in and work their magic to get it through, um, if that's making sense. Yeah. So um, manifestors are um, very powerful. They can be very intense. They have a lot of energy. Um, and I know that we're kind of in the fitness and yoga realm. I know a lot of the, your listeners, are, listeners probably are into fitness and yoga. And I like to give an example for all the types. Um, Rachel Brayson, who's known as Yoga Girl, are you familiar with her? No, but I'm looking her up now. Yeah, look her up. She's got like 2 million followers on Instagram. She's got a ton of nonprofits. She owns her own studio. She's just a force. And she's a manifester. And I like to use her as an example because it shows you um, just the raw power and in, in the, the, yes. the capability that a manifester has to make, make things come to life in this world without having to wait on any anyone to tell them or invite them or respond. It's just... It's in them, but they need us again to like actually make it come to life. So I like to also state that there's no type that's better or worse. We're all equal. We all need each other to make life. Um, like we're all different puzzle pieces that we, we need each other to make everything happen and to fit together perfectly. Um, manifestors, again, they're um, here to initiate. They can also be kind of intense um, and they, their lesson in life is really to be okay with not everyone liking them yes. because they're kind of, their intensity and their power can really light some people up and move them to action and get them excited. And it can really turn off others. Yes. So they kind of have this dichotomy of like some people love them and some people hate them for no reason. Like it's not that they're a good or a bad person. It's just they're, they're just their raw power and intensity. They're very, they're almost like aggressive brash and it, it scares me sometimes. We <laughs> said <laughs> the projectors would be like the director on set. They're really good at seeing the other types and how the other types can maximize their energy and rise to their potential. And they're really good at seeing things in other people that the rest of the types can't see. They're the seers of energy and trends and ways to create more efficiency in, in the world. So they would be on that movie set like, hey, you would go there, you go there. Like they're directing others' energy. Their projectors are the guides, guiding others. Um, projectors are a light being versus an energy being. So in, in human design, your manifestors, your generators, and your manifesting generators are all energy beings. And the energy beings make up 80% of the world. So projectors like yourself and I, we're kind of in the minority. Our energy operates very differently. And we're not here to go, like you were saying, like eight, 10 hour days. We work better in two to three hour bursts. And we're very, very effective and very, very powerful in those two to three hours. And then we need to take breaks. We need to kind of withdraw. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? Kind of like short bursts. Like I need um, to go for a walk after being on the computer and I need like a two hour break, an actual yeah. two hour break. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you mentioned earlier, like that people have said like, oh, you're lazy. Or maybe even that's just societal conditioning telling you or I, that, oh, we're lazy if we need a two hour break. But Really, the more we lean into the fact that our energy just works better in shorter bursts and honoring that, um, the better off we're going to be. So, you know, when I gave myself 
that ability in my own business to work in shorter bursts and to take the breaks and to get more rest, I actually started to create more productivity and, you know, less was more, you know? So Mm -hmm. I like to give projectors, um, that the gift of saying like, Hey, you can slow down, you can take breaks. It's okay. Um, it's not about like harder, faster, stronger, head down, white knuckling it through life. Like that's just that not work for the projector at all. Cause it, it will turn into exhaustion and fatigue and again, leaking our energy. And then we become less powerful and less impactful with what, what our gift is, which is guiding others. Um, back to the movie set, the generators and manifesting generators would be like the actors and actresses on stage, making the magic happen. They're really the people like rolling up their sleeves. They're getting in there. They're the builders. They're the creators. They're super energetic beings. And I've, I definitely have heard of generators that are like, I don't feel energetic, but it's because they're, they're working a job that they hate and it's stealing their soul, you know? So you, it's not to say that you, you, you always have energy. You have to be, um, like being in the light, the right line of work for a generator or a manifesting generator is everything because it's going to give them an opportunity to channel this powerful, sustainable energy that they have access to all the time that like someone like me and you don't necessarily have access to in a long term. Um, we, we, again, we get waves of it, but they have just this like, whoo, like skyrocket energy and they really need to channel that, um, and, and when they're in their zone of genius and they're lit up, they're here to become masters of their craft. So that would be the generators and manifesting generators. Now, they are two different types, but they're under the generator umbrella. The differences would be generators seem to be more single task and focus, kind of like a train on a track, get out of the way, here they come. Manifesting generators can skip steps and they're kind of all over the place. They have a little bit of that manifester flair and then also that generator drive and energy. Um, So manifesting generators tend to be more multi-passionate, kind of all over the place. Not they're very non-linear while generators are more of a linear kind of type. And that's again, everyone's very different. Everyone's chart is very different. And it's funny because I actually have a girlfriend who's a generator and our charts are more similar than any other chart I've ever seen other than the fact that I'm a projector and she's a generator. So it's not to say, I like to tell people, some people are like, oh, well, I really resonate with this type or that type. You could have a lot of qualities of, of a manifester or a projector, but it's just your design type is how you are designed to, again, engage with the world energetically. It's all about your energy and how you're supposed to show up and radiate and and protect yourself too. Like for us to protect our energy, we need to take breaks. We need to work in two to three hour spurts. Um, Generators, they need to channel that energy, whether it's through work or through physical activity. Um, They also need to rest as well. They need to get a good night's sleep so they can recharge that engine and be ready to come back at it the next day. And then the fifth type would be the reflectors and reflectors would be like the audience on that movie set. They are the wise observers of the world. They're a very small um, fraction of the population and they are literally there's their design is completely open. A lot of the other types have lots of color and, and centers that are lit up. Um, reflectors are completely open. So they're literally here to reflect back the health and wellness of the environment that they're in, whether it's at home or at work or in the community at large, they are the the barometer of the health and wellness of the people around them. And they're, um, they're all the other types are solar types. We kind of lead with identity, um, and very connected to the sun the reflectors are related to the moon and the phases of the moon. And they just have a different kind of energy yeah. than the other types. I have a question. So yeah, I love- y- you were talking about the movie set. And I, I know that on the podcast, I have so many different analogies. So that is so helpful. Is there, and you might, I don't know if this is a, even a thing, but uh-huh. if you could put an identity or a face or like a celebrity to yeah. each one of these 
energy types. Yes, I love it. You asked that because I actually normally do that. I started with Yoga Girl. Another person that is a good example of a manifester, like it or not, would be President Trump. Okay. He is intense. He moves people to action. The country is very divided. Half the people love him. Half the people hate him. There's no middle ground, right? He's not good at bringing things to fruition, really. He's, what's that? Is he good at bringing things to fruition based on that? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like his ability to even be in presidency was just his fire and, and, you know, that manifesting ability. And again, people could use their power for good or for bad. You know, it's not to say, uh, and I'm good. I don't want to get into judgment or picking sides. Like, you know, I'm just using him as an example because he was, you know, has a lot of, um, he's powerful powerful and he's created a lot of businesses and he's just you look at his like twitter account and he's just like blah he's intense you know so he's a he's another example i love also yoga girl rachel brathen is her name she's an author she's again got tons of businesses and and nonprofits and rescues and she's building um like a a, a children's home like an adoption center i mean she's just a really good example of the power of a manifester as is Trump, very different styles, but both kind of fit within that archetype of the manifester for the projector. I like to use the example of president Obama. He was a projector and you can see the very difference in energy between Obama and Trump, you know? And, um, also Jenna Zoe, my teacher in human design, she's a projector. I love her. Yeah, a Brad Pitt. He's a projector. Um, I'm trying to think. There's a yeah. You could Google. You could Google search and find tons of different um, examples if you want inspiration for any of the types. But also, I'll keep going. Um, ref, are, where are we at? Manifesting generators. Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins is like powerhouse. You know, he is like so much energy and he's got that energy of the generator that drive that motor that's always revving he's also got that manifester quality of moving people to action we consider the manifesting generators to be like the energizer bunnies of human design and he fits that role so perfectly yeah Um, he's just like a force um with pure generators oprah and beyonce i like to use those examples because They are women in their zone of genius and they're doing their thing and you can't look away. When a generator or a manifesting generator are like in their zone of genius, they just like magnetize you, you know? And so those two women are, I feel like both really powerhouse women that um, really kind of pull you in. You're like, wow, they're very energetic. And then with reflectors, Michael Jackson was a reflector and you could tell he's a little bit different. You know, he also wasn't really well, like in in his life. And I think it was because, again, he's reflecting the environment around him. And, you know, he was kind of sick. And I think it was because he was in a toxic environment a lot of life. Another example is a really popular podcaster, Jordan Younger, the Balanced Blonde from the Soul on Fire podcast. She's a reflector and she has actually a lot of podcasts. Um, on human design and being a reflector if anyone's out there interested in learning more about her. But I love that question. That's really – that's crazy because now that you think about it, I, I genuinely believe that since we're talking about energy and sleep is so important for immune function if we're getting to like a cellular level, it's crazy. So the one reflector that I know – I might know more, but the one the reflector that I know of, it, it I can see day by day – if she's getting sick, if there's a stressful work environment, or mm-hmm. if she has, um, like, if there's any type of toxicity going on at work, if there's too much going on that doesn't need to be happening, any type yeah. of turmoil at work where we spend most of our time, mm-hmm. I can physically see her start to get sick. She'll get, wow. she'll get more um, fatigued. She'll get almost depressed. And it's so, it's so crazy because then when the energy is on in at work for a day, she starts to feel a little better. The next day starts to feel a little bit better. Like her body will start to, 
um, really fatigued. She'll get sore. She'll get injured during her workouts. It's crazy to see how much if you really do lean into these things. I think she's learning more about this. She actually got really excited when I found out I was talking with you. Um, She... I feel like has found her power and cause she's been mm-hmm. kind of doing her own thing, but allowing others to do everything, you know, she's been surrounding herself with different people I've noticed, but in a really yeah. great, beautiful way. And I feel like this is the healthiest and more, most, uh, strong, strong and vital that I've seen her in my whole life. So Good. I think that is so cool. But- yeah. And that brings up something important I think to talk about is, especially with reflectors that are so open, they're literally absorbing all of the world around them, all of the energy around them. And so it's really, really important for reflectors to have boundaries. Um, and, but that, that goes to play with every type, you know, for, for every type, the boundaries might look different, but it's really, really important to have boundaries. And like for a projector, a really good tool to enforce healthy boundaries is being able to say no, like you can't do it all. So go ahead and work that no muscle and develop that boundary. Because if you say yes to everything, you're going to do a lot of things, but not very well. Yeah. Better to like quality over quantity for the projector for sure. Um, and like, with generators and manifesting generators, just because they have all this energy, it doesn't mean that they are supposed to do everything for everyone either. You know, they have to have boundaries around just having discretion on, on what they want to do and not doing it all because they have the energy, but being mindful and really focusing on their zone of genius. And so I think that you just brought up a really good point, though, that we have to have boundaries and, and protect our energy. And the more we understand how we operate, the better we can take care of ourselves and the better we can show up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just think that human design is so freakishly accurate that, yeah. <laughs> that it, um, and, and not just, I, I know that most of the people that we're talking about might be girls. It's so important for guys too, because I feel like yeah. so many people lean on men as just this, um, they don't get tired. They can do all the yeah. grunt work and, and not to, you know, bring any social norms into it, but it, tr- it is, you know, it is normal for men to be looked at as, um, more of an energetic giving type. They might mm-hmm. be introverted, but like they can work longer hours, they can work harder, but that's not actually the case, you know? So I, I really, I have a lot of guy listeners shockingly, and I would love for them to go on. What is the website for people to go to? Yeah. It's to, to find, find out their, their chart and yes. their type. Yeah, it's mybodygraph.com. Okay. So it just exactly how it sounds, mybodygraph.com. And I, I also would love to riff on that because I think you're so just – it's so powerful to have these conversations around, like, the masculine and the feminine and the social norms and the conditioning because what human design really is at its core is about, like – unlearning all of the conditioning that we've gained through time, like from birth till now, Mm -hmm. it's all about deconditioning. Like we've been conditioned to think a work day needs to look like X, Y, or Z, or we've been conditioned to think guys have to have yeah more energy or more output than women. Or we, you know, we've even been conditioned to think women are more emotional creatures than men. And in human design, that is not true. It's like, It's like we have to drop all of that conditioning because what it's doing is it's putting us in boxes and then we can't grow because we're forcing ourselves into these boxes that are keeping us really small. And so for me, it's been a process, right? It's it's a practice, not a perfect. And it, it takes time to drop these old ways of thinking and, and showing up in the world so that we can rise to our purest, truest form of us. And I think understanding that conditioning, you know, awareness is the great healer. One of my teachers says, so just having the awareness of like, oh, why do I operate like this? Why do I show up like this? Is it authentic for me or is it just something I've been told to do? Because that's the way it's always been done. And I think, I think just being curious, not making it right or wrong, but just being curious and having conversations about it is, can be really, really empowering. And yeah, and it really does, it gives you that permission that you might not have even known you were seeking. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that, God, it's just so beautiful and it's fascinating. Yeah. And I know you said, you know, you and I are both projectors. So if, if you guys take a look at your chart, like 
and when I, y'all, when I first saw my chart, I genuinely, it, I was like, oh, am I coloring in these lines? Am I, like, following a key chart? You actually, <laughs> like, if you're just you and I sitting here, I know Courtney can, but I can't read my chart. I just know that I'm, like, it said splenic, and it said projector, and it said, I don't even know what it said, yeah. but I just know oh, that we're, we're the same. Yeah. I'm a splenic projector, too. That's so crazy, and I, I realized, so, so, for example, you know, when you're looking at it, and this is getting personal, so I, I, I really, 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 really implore all of our listeners to go take your chart and just see what you are, see what energy type you are, because you'll probably go down a rabbit hole of, like, all these things that you didn't realize that you were capable or uncapable of doing without a certain um, permission slip, in a way. So, yeah. um, but I just remember I heard something about, uh, you know, I've, one of my, like, keywords in my life, my trigger words has been intuition for the past year or so. And mm-hmm. I didn't really realize how strong my intuition was and how much now I recognize when I don't follow it. I can tell immediately if I make a decision that was wrong. And it's so crazy because I heard something that said, okay, if you're a projector and you have what's called like a splenic authority. I don't know what the fuck that means. I, you yeah, know, I just, I, know. It's, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, okay, it's, I, I literally had to Google like, where's my spleen in my body? And, yeah. um, I just remember it said it will whisper once and then it will never come back again. And I was like, no. And uh, so I think that it's one of those things where I realized my gut initial instinct is always right for me. And not, I mean, maybe not always, but is the strong majority of the time right for me. And the decisions that I need to be making energetically. And when I don't make those decisions based on my instincts, then that's when, you know, I, I overtake too many tasks. I half-ass projects. I sign up for things that I don't want to sign up for. And then I'm exhausted. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It, it really is. I love that you're saying all these things that I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Because <laughs> you're the spleen in human design. Well, first of all, every type... Or not actually, your authority doesn't necessarily have to do with your type. For instance, me and you are a splenic projector, but there are different projectors that have emotional authority or uh, ego manifested authority. So we're unique in that way that we have that the same, but not every projector does. But every person will have what we call in human design an authority. And I like to call that your inner GPS, like your inner guidance system. And in human design, they say the mind is very helpful. It's full of knowledge and information and facts, but it's also full of conditioning. It's full of our limited lens of perception, our belief systems, our bias, our, you know, upbringing based on our socioeconomic background. You know, it's all of that can cloud our body's intelligence and our body's wisdom and and our bodies are so wise and so intelligent and they're always giving us little hits or little pings as I like to call them guiding us but when we get in our head and we try to rationalize it a lot of times we get off track so what human design is all about is getting into the, the body the intelligence and the wisdom of your actual body that's guiding you and to like not get into the head to not get into the conditioning because what happens is for like for us that whisper it's whispering to us like hey maybe that's a no maybe that project is a no and then we get into our mind and we're like well it seems like a great opportunity and blah 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 it clouds our our guidance system (laughs) to get out of our head into our body and Wait, it's so funny because you're downtown Charleston and I am too and I hear the same plane going over. <laughs> like for anyone who doesn't know, well also everyone's in quarantine so yeah, I, haven't, quarantine I, haven't, lots. I haven't heard a plane go by in like 10 days and of course now. <laughs> That's so funny. I know they're few and far between. I think it's like a military plane actually. It for sure is and it might yeah, have like been those really big boys. Sorry about so, that. Well, so back to the authority. So the idea with your authority is that's what you're supposed to lean into to make all the big decisions in your life, like relationships, moving, career. Um, my teacher's like, you don't have to listen to that to fill up your car with gas. Like you just need to like really, you know, hone in on those big decisions, like listening to your, your authority. And for us, it's the spleen, which is all related to intuition. Like you were saying, 
So for us, the spleen is, it's related to instinct, survival, and also our senses. So for someone with a splenic authority, our senses are really heightened and it's almost like getting a sixth sense. You know, it's almost like you just get this feeling. You can't put a finger on it, but it's like you just have to knowing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that is the splenic authority. It's the sixth sense. It's this inner knowing it's intuition. And it, again, it can be really related to senses. Like some people, well, like, have you ever heard that term or that phrase? Like I can smell a rat from a mile away. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's not like you actually could smell. It's just like, it's like that sixth sense, you know, yeah. and, or that feeling of like, you know, someone's you're in a big crowded room, but you know, someone is like looking at you from behind. <laughs> it's like, you just know yeah. it's that, that is that, um, that splenic authority or that spleen, um, energy. And I know it's kind of weird, like spleen, that's kind of weird, but that's just the part of the body that's related to survival instinct, senses, intuition. And so, yeah, for us, that is our guidance system too. So to quiet the noise in our mind and to really connect to our body so that we can hear that whisper is everything. And it will never steer us wrong because our bodies have been evolving for millennia. They're so wise, so in tune with our surroundings in a way that we can't even comprehend. Like the mind hasn't quite caught up yet. Yeah. So I agree with that. Um, yeah. So it's like all about getting into the body. Um, for all the types and letting really the body guide you. And I feel like no matter what type you are, our bodies are always talking to us. You know, when something is a yes, it is expansive. There's ease. It feels good. When it's a no, we contract, you know? So who was saying it? It was like, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no, you know? And it's so true. And I feel like it's just a matter of actually getting out of your head and allowing just ask yourself, does it feel good? You know, not, not how does, how is it going to affect you in the long term for your five year plan? It's like, does it feel good? Yeah. Uh, oh, I think it's, it's so amazing. True. And it's like, I think a lot of it's again the conditioning, like, well, they might not like me, or, but this is what I'm supposed to do, or what if I get judged, or, you know, all, yeah. if we could just let all of that chatter go we're actually going to be better people and better for everyone around us. You know, I see so much self-sacrificing and self-sabotaging doing it for other people, but I'm like, you're not doing anyone any favors Yeah. because you're depleting yourself and then you can't show up. We have to, that we can only be of service when we have an overflowing cup Yeah. and we're like thriving and energetic and full so, and then yeah. you feel confident because you know you're making the right decision for you and it just when you are, when you are strong in a decision that you make there's nothing that can knock you down from that. You're like I know that I'm standing in power making this decision for whatever reason. Um mm-hmm. you know, if you know that it feels right, then there's no hesitation. Like you can stand on two yeah. solid feet with that. But I feel like when you make a decision not based on instinct and just based on a should or a yeah, you know, a comparison, then that's when you're standing on one foot and the wind's blowing really hard. It's just challenging, but yeah. And you learn through practice. And I always recommend like having people take an inventory, like, like write down all the times that you listen to your intuition and what happened and like the times that you didn't, that you betrayed yourself and what happened. And yeah. 99.9% of the time people are like, Oh yeah, I actually, it always works out. Like I need to trust myself and yeah. we develop that muscle by doing it and working it. And it takes time. It takes practice. It takes a lot of patience, but it's definitely worth it. So I want to kind of segue this into you're saying, okay, listen to your splenic instinct, listen to your heart, listen to your body, all of that stuff, get back into your body. I want to bring that into relationships. And I know before we even started recording, we kind of went through a couple different things that we wanted to talk about and I'm going to yeah. completely throw that off track and get <laughs> into good. get into love because I know for those of you who don't know and to be quite honest I've never formally met Courtney in person I just feel like I know you so mm-hmm. um Courtney just got engaged congratulations so yeah. I know that when I first started doing some research on you cuz I'm a crazy person I saw that you did something called a man cleanse yeah. And my roommates and I have been super interested in hearing about that. I know other people 
who, you know, they've asked about romance and sex life and romance or uh, relationships and um, how to know if it's the right thing or, you know, how to keep what so many different yeah. questions. Yeah. How can you explain your process with the man cleanse? What drove you to that? And then kind of how did you open yourself up to finding love? Because it looks like, of course, it's social media, but everything looks really beautiful in your love life right now. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, let's start at the beginning. Okay. So I was in a two-year relationship, and there was so much love there. And it was, it was like we were very similar people, so we kind of, there was never a balance, like a person that brought the other into balance. We were just like fire and fuel. And that relationship, it ended up being like, just really not good for either of us, but we kept like make up, break up, make up, break up. And it was killing us. Like it was literally like, it was like my broken heart was on the floor and getting drugged behind me. It was just like, I could not, I couldn't do it anymore. And, and it was very, very hard to actually finally cut that energetic cord. But I was like, the only way I'm going to be able to let go of this relationship that's not serving me nor him is to commit to doing a man cleanse. And I don't, I don't know if I, if I made that up or if I heard that somewhere, like I'm pretty sure I just knew like I need to be alone for a while. And I even like look back and I was like, I pretty much jumped from one long-term relationship to the next, not even trying. Like I'd never done online dating. I just, it just was my nature to be in a relationship. And I was like, you know, I'm a, I'm a grown woman. I need to like be okay on my own two feet. And so I cut the cord was, it was done. And I decided I'm doing this three month man cleanse. And I also did it alcohol free. And that was probably three of the hardest months of my life because not only was I going from having someone there all the time and having not only a boyfriend, but also someone that was like my best friend to being very, very, very alone. That was hard. And it was, but it was so necessary for me to cut the cord and to do the healing and to also do a lot of the feeling. I mean, I felt so deeply because I wasn't numbing myself out with alcohol. I wasn't numbing out with the rebound relationship. I wasn't numbing out like in ways that I could have, if I didn't say I'm taking three months to be alone, you know, there were no casual hookups. There were no nothing like that. And it was, it was, it was really difficult though to sit with myself at night and to, to kind of take an inventory of how I was feeling and to make sense of what had happened and to also get really clear on what my boundaries were going to be moving forward, what my values were going to be. It gave me the opportunity to really dream up my dream man, you know? So I think there, it's really, really important when it comes to manifesting the love of your life to clear out all the things that aren't serving you and that aren't authentic. And for me, that relationship was not authentic, but it was really freaking comfortable. So to cut the cord, to take time to heal, to do the man cleanse, all of that was just kind of like clearing out all the stuff that wasn't authentic. It was letting me get really honest with myself and what was working and what wasn't. And it was really like looking at myself in the mirror because I had no you know, for me, I don't think of myself as having a drinking problem in any way, but that was definitely a way for me to avoid looking at things that I needed to look at. Cause it wasn't like I'm the perfect person or I was the perfect partner either. Yeah. So that was a big part of it. And then I, after that, I wrote down like what I really wanted. And I let myself dream of what a partnership would look like that I, that would feel mutually beneficial and, and light me up and really be not like one partner needs the other or one partner's caring the other or one partner's helping the other. Like, I think a lot of people, myself included, can get in relationships where it's like that person's a project. It's like, no, I wanted to date someone that was like an equal and in the same headspace and had the same values. And so I actually wrote down like a whole page of like my dream man and what our relationship would look like and what we would do together and what he was up to and our common interests. And, and I think a lot of people do that or practice like that. But what I think differs 
um, in my process was I also wrote a full page of like, what do I have to offer? What am I bringing to the table? How am I going to show up? Because I think a lot of people focus on Mr. Right, but they don't focus on being the right person. You know, it's like, it takes two. And I think it's really important. Yeah. To like really understand your value too. And and stepping into your self-worth. And I also think a big, really important part of my story and what I really stand for is also like knowing your value and not settling. Like there are so many people out there that settle. They're like, oh, they have this really good quality, so I'll settle. Or this isn't really what I want, but I'm lonely. Or, you know, like, and I just feel like it's so much better to be alone and not settle than it is to spend the rest of your life wondering what if, you know? And, you know, for me, I, there's a lot of conditioning about being a woman in her thirties single. And I was like, fuck it. (laughs) Like, I don't care. I'm going to do me. I'm going to be independent. I'm going to learn to stand on my own two feet. And it took a full year of really being single because I did date after the man cleanse. I did date someone kind of long distance, but it was nothing serious. I didn't see it going anywhere. It was more just kind of for fun, but I really was just kind of waiting for someone like for myself to meet someone that was like a good match versus settling for something that was just comfortable or fun. And, you know, and it paid off because I met my dream man. I'm engaged. It was all so worth it. And it was so hard. it, It doesn't have to be hard. It's not hard for everyone. But for me, it was just like such like the perfect end to a story because like every good story, there are plot twists and there are ups and downs and there are, you know, crazy things that happen. But, you know, it's, I really do feel that when you're being authentic, when you're clearing out the stuff that's not aligned, when you're owning your worth, I think for manifesting love and relationships, it's all about self-worth, even manifesting anything. If you don't believe you're worthy, it's not going to come to you because you don't get what you want. You get what you are. What you're vibrating in the world is what you're attracting. It's, it's just like attracts like. It's the law of cause and effect. So I feel like a lot of the work around relationships really starts with working on ourselves and developing self-worth. And for me, something I've noticed is when I am drinking alcohol like many people do on the weekends and da-da-da. It's, again, it's not like you have to be an alcoholic, but I find that alcohol can impair our, our judgment we make not good decisions, which then makes us feel not self, not worthy, or we feel like crappy. You know what I mean? It just, yeah. For me, I'm, I have very, very, very clear boundaries with alcohol. I do drink every now and then, but I used to drink every weekend and it would, it was just like kind of a party every weekend. And for me, I found that that was not helping myself work. Like there would be a day where I was like, Ooh, I maybe shouldn't have said that. Or I don't like how I showed up that night or, you know, so for me, that was a big part of really honing in my self-worth. And I think we all have our things, um, but making promises and sticking to that and committing to that, you know, making goals and checking them off, like keeping your promises. Mm -hmm. Um, there's so many ways to develop self-worth, taking precious care of your body, being a good person, you know, like, yeah, I think that's really, really important. I think that's beautiful. And I think that a lot of people, especially in Charleston, I've had this conversation with more women than I can count anywhere from, you know, the age of 19 to the age of 50 who are saying there's no men in Charleston. It's all women. You know, it's hard to date here. I feel like I'm, you know, constantly in a rat race and that I have to go out all the time. And, you know, I think that it's not so much a matter of finding the right place to go. It's about finding the right headspace to be in heart space, um, finding your energy, which will attract the energy that is a good pair with you. So I think that, you're right. And, um, yes. it's, it's not I, about going to the right bar. It's like, I, you know, I totally agree. And that is a perfect, like, I love what you said so much. It's so true. And I want people to really hear that. Like, and also to be very, very cognizant of the language you're using, because if you're saying there's no men in Charleston, dating sucks, you're attracting more of that. 
I never would say that because I've actually met some really amazing men in Charleston. So it's all about your perspective and it's again, the energy that you're putting out. But just to give an example of how I met my fiance, it wasn't at a bar. It wasn't out. I actually wrote an Instagram post using this term expander, which one of my teachers uses this term expanders and expanders are people in your life that they're kind of a couple steps ahead of you. They've figured it out. They've made that thing happen. They're embodying that thing that you want. So you could have a, a relationship expander. You could have a business expander. You could have a, a fashion expander. Like It's just people that are inspiring you that kind of have it figured out that you can look to for inspiration and kind of to learn from. And so for me, I wrote a post on Instagram and I was like, I posted a bunch of pictures of relationships, like of couples that were traveling and having fun and laughing and kissing. And I was like, this is my year for love. This is what I want to manifest. These are my relationship expanders. And I wrote this vulnerable post about, you know, the work I've done and calling in a new relationship and someone that I've never even met, maybe at like a yoga class and passing, but she's, a follower on Instagram. She's super sweet. We've definitely DM'd several times, but that, again, that's the beauty of Instagram. I see um, it right now. I'm that, looking at it. She read that post and was at a dinner party with my now fiance who came solo. And thank God for him. Not again, this is him not settling. He could have brought a date to that party, but he didn't want to settle. He wanted to do his own thing. Thank goodness he was there solo because she had read that post that day, was thinking about me, saw him solo and connected us. So it, it, that's just a perfect example I got and case of I didn't go finding him at a bar. I wasn't online dating and not to say that those are not right. That if that feels right for you, do it. But you know, it, it was all energy. I, and for projector, our strategy, we didn't get into this, but our strategy is to be recognized and invited. And my fiance is also a projector. So this woman recognized something in me and him and invited us to meet each other. So it was the perfect pairing. And and you (laughs) guys, and also, I just want to put this out there, is that if you look at Courtney's Instagram, it's more so like yoga, wellness, beautiful, clear, clean cut organization, power, that kind of thing, and mindset. But also... It's not like you're posting every day, I need a man, I want a man, I want love, I need kisses, I need, like, constant affection. It's actually just pretty solo. Like, it's a lot of just you. And so when there is that post, it, it she's not this kind of, you're not this kind of person that um, is, like, oh, just another single girl or, like, LOL, yeah. I'm so single, <laughs> making jokes about it. And it's funny, but also you were never – you were never adopting an identity of just single girl, you know? And I think that that allowed you to still be open, but you weren't, you weren't ever begging for it. You weren't ever posting. You were never sappy about it. You were just saying, Hey, I'm powerful. This is what I want. This is what I deserve. This is what I'm getting. And I'm not settling until I do that. So take a look at her Instagram and then take a look at that post. It's like, it's a little bit down, but there's a picture of like some blonde and a dude kissing in the Mediterranean sea. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And And you brought up a good point of like asking for what you want. And I think that is something that I did too. I was like, look, I've done the work. I'm ready. Here we we are. This is what I want. And I think for people to do that unapologetically is so powerful. Agreed. Agreed completely. I think that's beautiful. And, and doesn't matter if you're in a relationship now, like if your gut is saying that you're maybe wasting time or if you're saying that like maybe this person instinctually isn't a good fit for you, it's okay to be single. It's okay to be alone. And and I know that we're in a weird time right now when that personal connection, it just isn't really an option right now. Mm-hmm. We're in this quarantine where we're spending the strong majority of our time at home unless we need to be out and Uh, you know, maybe you're on Hinge, maybe you're on Tinder, maybe you're just connecting with people that you haven't really connected with. But, um, you know, it's a tough time. But I think that instead of thinking of it like, oh, we're losing all this time, we're actually really gaining a lot. And um, what are some, what are some ways like, what is your day to day look like? during this quarantine and feel, I mean, get as specific as you want, get granular, but we won't, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but what is, what is a day of the life in the life look like of Courtney so that people can kind of see, you know, 
someone yeah. in their 30s who's, who's, I don't know if you're still living alone. I have no idea. Yeah, so what is alone. It? Okay. Yeah. So my fiance, my lease is up in a couple months. So my plan is to just ride out the lease. And, and I'm honestly really enjoying it because I'm like, oh, I love my independence. I love my own place. And, and But basically, I go back and forth to answer your question. Um, but a, a day in the life in quarantine, I love that because we talked about this a little bit before the podcast started recording. But I've really found so many gifts during this time. And, and in aha moments and realizations. And one of the biggest ones has been getting back to basics and just living a simple life. And so for me, I could explain in detail what I do, but I'll, I'll just tell you like something that's really important for me every morning is my morning ritual. Sometimes it's, it's like five minutes of meditation. I love insight timer on my phone. It's a free app and five to 15 minutes of meditation. I'll be honest. I have not been doing well with meditation. I've really been enjoying though, like kind of a walking meditation in the park, but I like my morning ritual, which is maybe meditation, definitely some journaling. I have a, uh, like a workbook called the HMS Logbook, which is a daily journal entry. And it's, you check in, you have a gratitude list, you have an intention. Um, it's, it's like, how's the weather? Um, what are your goals? Like it's just one page and I fill that in every day and I have my coffee or my tea. And I, if I don't have that time in the morning, just to kind of get uh, like, a, I don't know, for me, I just feel like if I start off my morning rushed and like crazy and I don't have some time to myself to gather my thoughts and to start off the day on a positive foot, I, I kind of am all over the place. I agree. So for me, yeah, I, I love that time in the morning just to have, it doesn't even take long. It could be like 20 minutes to 30 minutes. But what I've been loving too, since I'm very active in the fitness industry, I'm a yoga teacher. I also love method and spin and playing tennis in a league and I haven't had any of that. So I've had to get creative with my workouts. And what I've been doing is walking in the park. I live right next to Hampton park and I go to that park almost every day and I walk one to three miles today. I'm sure. Yeah. It's so beautiful today. So that's like my thing. And I put on a podcast or I call a friend or family member and I'm in nature and I'm breathing the fresh air and getting the sunshine, which is so important that vitamin D for mood. Um, it's a mood booster. It's great for immunity, but that's important. And then I come back and I, there've been a couple of days where I'll just get out my yoga mat and I'll knock out a practice. I've got some free streaming yoga online that I've done a few of those classes. I've also, um, put on a couple of 30 minute classes that are more fitnessy and I have five pound weights and I've been loving adding just five pound weights into like my yoga practice and just doing simple things with weights that I, no one taught me to use them, but yeah. it's just like lunges and squats and some core stuff. And I noticed a huge difference in my body just by introducing weights onto my yoga mat. Like it's crazy. And it's literally just about 30 minutes every day that I'll spend, um, with movement and fitness um, and then I've been like, this is my favorite part of the quarantine. I've been cooking like a mad woman. Like I'm going to Whole Foods a couple times a week. That's my outing of, of the week. But I mean, getting back to healthy eating and, and food prep and having like, I cooked a really yummy, like Thai soup. I think it's Tom Kagai. Tom Kagai. Oh. Yeah. The coconut soup. Yes. With shrimp. They have it. Or, I don't know how many people in your audience are from Charleston, but there's a Thai restaurant, Basil, here that has it, and it's so amazing. My so, roommates made it this week because they love the one at Basil. They, oh, my God. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. So I've been loving getting back in the kitchen because that's something I normally don't have time for, and it is my happy place. And just being able to cook every day, to move my body, and to get sunshine and lots of water, like – just the simple things that have transformed my health, my wellness, how I feel, how I look. Like, it's crazy. And so, for me, a huge blessing of what I do is I can do a lot of stuff from home. Like, I do human design readings and coaching calls. And I'm, I'm currently in the process of a new project. Um, and I also wanted to offer your audience a discount off human design readings if they're interested. Yeah, I'd like to I'm offer interested. your people $25 <laughs> off. So, okay. you can you can offer that to them, but, um, 
to answer your question, question my routine though is really it's just getting back to basics, the simple life and cooking, exercising, getting sunshine, staying hydrated, not being in front of the TV a ton. I haven't drank at all. Um, and I know I, I have a lot of friends that are like, I'm only getting through this with my wine every night. And I'm like, you know, that's okay. But like, there's also other ways, you know? Yeah, totally. Well, I think yeah. that that's beautiful and it's amazing. And that's something that people can prioritize, even if they do have a nine to five work from home job, um, setting your timer 10 minutes earlier in the morning, you can wake up, you can have your, even if you're like, 30 minutes might seem daunting to some people, but having, and I tell people all the time, I'm like, even if my ritual is five minutes in the morning, I still know that I have my minutes where the house is calm before everything starts. I stretch as soon as I get out of bed and then I go make my coffee. I have water before. And like the morning ritual is truly, I think the most sacred thing in my whole life. I completely agree with you. And it's going to look different for everybody, but I just, I think that is the most important thing that finding out your human design chart, um, writing down what you bring to the table. I don't know if you can hear the birds mm-hmm. chirping. That's amazing. Love but, that. <laughs> but, um, but either way, I, I just, you are just a wealth of knowledge and I don't want to, you know, keep you too much longer. I know that we're going to have, have time. <laughs> oh, there's another plane coming. So here we go. <laughs> wow, they are loud. I'll edit it out, but we'll chat. We'll chat and get. Uh, we'll we'll find a little meetup spot at some point once we get off I the podcast. It. But thank you so much for your time and for your energy and your knowledge and letting us pick your brain and um, being so concise and understanding what passions you have and sharing that with us. Um, if people are looking for any of your information, plug yourself, pimp yourself out. Where can people find you yeah. if they're looking for stuff? So I think Instagram is the easiest because from there, there's a link to my website, all my free yoga videos, how to book a human design reading, all that's on Instagram. And my handle is Courtney108. And Courtney is spelled C-O-R-T-N-E-Y and 108. So yeah, please reach out, ask questions, um, hit me up. I love to connect with you guys, especially during this time when that's really like uh, my biggest form of social interaction sometimes. Um, big love to you guys. Also, like I said, I'm going to offer $25 off readings to your um, listeners. You could just say promo code Eliza. Thank <laughs> and, um, you. Yeah, I'll work that out. And uh, I-, I look forward to connecting with you in real life sometime. I can't wait. Well, great. Well, um, this is again, episode 76 hotter than health with Courtney Ostrowski. Check her out. She's incredible. We'll do $25 off. I'll put that link and that promo code in the show notes. I'm going to use it so that she can read my chart so I can figure out what the heck I need to do. But, um, we will see you guys next week. Enjoy the birds chirping. I hope you guys get outside. If you can't get outside, I hope you have a big window and I'll talk to you guys next week.